Yo, what's up guys? It's Taylor and Jed back for episode two of the 1080 Outdoors podcast. Jed, yeah. we had an interesting night last night. Yep, sure didn't. So let's start off with that. We, uh, I, I had did one sit with Weston this previous week, which it's going to upset Jed talking about that. But we went down to Jed's property last night with his uh, longbow in hand in the corn on the ground. And what happened? I, I really don't want to talk about it, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, it's kind of upsetting. Give you a little background. This is a big valley. Valley field with with uh, wood surrounding it, so it's, it's a tough place to hunt. But with the standing corn, you kind of have a, a fighting chance. Um, so we, we, we slithered through the corn all the way to the back. Relatively loud situation. Luckily, we had good wind to cover our noise. Good, good cover wind. Yeah. And we had, we had seen <clears throat> a few bucks come out of this spot this summer. And you went back a couple times and, and saw the same bucks or buck or whatever mm-hmm. come out in the same area. And it's a really, really tight pinch where the hay field gets down to like 30 yards between the corn and the woods and they're and we assume they're bedded right there off the end of the cornfield in that wood so we probably got within with definitely within 100 yards of their bed mm-hmm. and um so the night's wearing on one of those perfect nights and you know the wind completely died down jed was talking right i remember asking you i think we kind of both I, or i just like thought about it and you must have been thinking about it too. And I was like, you think you'd hear a deer coming walking if you, um, through the woods? And you, you said you thought you heard one right there. Yeah. So then he kind of kept paying attention to that area. And sure enough, about a half hour later, and you had kind of heard something up there for a while. Yeah, right? I could I could hear an animal milling around. I knew that there was something up there just out of my sight. Um, and I was assuming it was not a squirrel. Anyways, what I thought was probably within a couple hundred yards up on the hill in the woods, a large, a loud shotgun shot went off, followed by another one. While I'm looking around at that, I look back at Jed, and he goes, oh, there goes the buck. The one that we uh, were after, the one that we'd seen in that area that summer, and a couple times this uh, this month, actually. Um, so, yeah, he, that's, that's the one I heard milling around in the corn just 50 yards away. Yeah, and the setup would have been pretty intense. I mean, they would have been, if he was, if he was like, if he followed that corn edge, it would have been under 10 yards. Yeah. And he wouldn't have seen. No, we had a pretty good natural ground blind setup going on. Yeah. And so it's, there's positive, there, there's, there's some positive, mostly negative. <laughs> Your negative is you have a fucking asshole for a neighbor, mm-hmm. most likely. Cause mm-hmm. he just kept shooting all night. Didn't stop. No. The positive is by just, I mean, yeah, we saw him back there a couple times this summer, but we confirmed what we thought. Oh yeah, for sure. And he's still there. He hasn't moved off that pattern. And, so. you know, obviously, I think 
will be interesting is because is how far how far to the end of that field do you have does your woods go or you just have to the end of the field into the corn plus probably 10 yards and then it kind of swoops back up and around and it includes <laughs> that that like crp um um cedar yeah. hillside across the ditch there right so it kind of like almost runs so 10 yards in from the end of the corn and then, then it kind of beat and then it oh, bees back away so it like it yeah it's weird so you, they're probably bedded on your on the on your dad's probably. So it's interesting. It's unfortunate because you're kind of your only shot back there is early season, with the corn standing getting back there. Unless you can talk your dad into keeping some of that corn. Yeah. Because the wind is is difficult in there first of all, and. Yeah, it's a pretty narrow valley. The wind doesn't ever do the same thing for more than ten minutes. It seems. So. But it kind of confirmed the the idea of how how bucks will bed. I think I my personal opinion is that they'll bed tight with that corn, and especially if they have good cover, like right there, they have good cover. Yeah, because cause the hayfield ends, and the uh, the cornfield keeps going, and it it's just kind of weedy brambles, in in like the head of a rocky ditch, and that's that's right where he came from. So. Yeah, and they're not. But last night was perfect night. I think it's actually a red moon too. I don't really pay attention to moons very often, but there's something. I think it was a full moon or a red moon. I don't know something. Um, but you had high. I think it was like in the fifties and solid a wind. I was actually surprised. So we had a pretty consistent wind, and I always kind of think when that wind dies down that they start moving, like with that at night mm-hmm. like when that wind lays down generally something will get up on its feet and we actually hadn't seen anything which kind of surprising but also that whole other hillside is pretty much busted out when you walk in there they're not going to come down in there most likely but no anyways so kind of a disappointing night but kind of a positive in a way a positive as we we weren't wrong about our thoughts on how deer bed so um. So that happened last night. I went hunting with Weston. <laughs> um, for the last time ever, I hope. <laughs> we went out for a morning. Said so it actually the it was down to like thirty eight or something on Saturday. That was opening morning, wasn't it? Or was it a week Second after weekend. open? Okay. Opening yeah. morning. Yeah, yeah, opening yeah. weekend was like ninety five degrees. Yeah, that's right. That was I was in a Wyoming then. Right. Right. Um. So, anyways, the reason why Jed's upset with Weston, I'm not happy with him either, uh, is I don't even think Weston's ever killed a deer with a bow. I went to film for him. I figured he'd kill a doe on film for me. And a doe comes, I can't remember, maybe we were in the tree and it was still dark and he told me he didn't want to shoot a doe and I was like, yeah, you're shooting a doe. (laughs) And then a two came through, a chip shot like 10 yards, quartering away standing there and I'm like shoot it shoot it and he's he's being defiant so that upset me and and why tell tell the people why he said that he wasn't shooting a doe he later told me that he didn't want to shoot a doe because he didn't want to deal with 
the processing of a dough on a Saturday. I'm sorry. When else should you? Why? Well, what does that even mean? I don't understand why. What does that even mean? Is what I want to know. It's at the most two hours out of your life, and in that, with it warm like that, it would have been an hour. Could have done it in an hour probably. Oh, I mean, it's just laziness. That's all that was. Pure laziness. I feel like... If I can't were, tolerate that. It's just I feel like right now, early season, like I get trying to shoot a buck, but what's the point? Like, It's like we have a lack of deer where you want to like save them. Yeah, everyone has enough does on their property. I think everybody has too many. Mm-hmm. Personally, there's no chase. You literally will not see a buck from the 3rd of November to the 10th. Unless you are... Unless the doe that he is locked down with walks by your stand. Because they do not chase. They go from one hot doe to the next because there's 8,000 of them. Yeah, I think our best movement last year was, well, that Sunday, the 27th, when I, 28th maybe, when I saw the um, yep. that big one running drunk in the middle of the fucking field. Yep. Halloween, Halloween was nuts. Halloween we both saw. Big bucks mid morning. Yep, I saw two. Minutes. Yep. Yeah, you saw two. Mm-hmm. That was easy. That was your best set of the year. Oh, easy. for sure. I saw those. <clears throat> well, I saw the one twice. I saw another one once, and then I saw like four or five other little bucks. Yeah, and then we were. Oh, I kicked. I kicked the buck up on like the seventh or eighth, walking into a stand. Bedded on ahead of a ditch around a field edge, a buck with like two doe. Um, maybe it was a one doe and two, one big buck and one little buck. Anyways, but other than that, it was we had that we had a cold streak for sure until the eleventh, mm-hmm. where we saw two big bucks and my nightmare happened. We we could probably go into the nightmare of that on this podcast episode because we don't have too much. Too much uh, real time hunting to talk about, but before we let's before we really dive into the whitetail stuff, because I do kind of want to dive into that, and I kind of want to talk about the weather this week because it's going to be awesome. A couple days, um, Chad. Yeah. Is there much to say about the Wisconsin bear hunt? No, <laughs> no, not much to say at all. Did you guys see an animal? Uh, we saw some like three squirrels. I think is what we saw. Couple. So were you actually getting bears on camera? Or? Yeah, um, like either late night. So like the earliest bear that we had on camera was was uh, like seven fifty five, and shooting time was seven twenty five, um, and then it it ranged from there until like five in the morning. Like compared, so was there like actually a legitimate amount of pictures or? No, it was there was like two two different bears. And your bear, when you're in Canada, how many pictures? Like the best bait gets how many hits a night? Um, four. How many? Four how many times do you sit in Canada without seeing anything? No, I've never done it. Really? Well, except for that one time with Jared. Did Jared sit all his all of his sits this year without seeing anything? Yes. Except the two that he sat with, except the day that he sat with Don. Oh, right, 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 yeah. right. 
Interesting. Mm-hmm. So just you just, what do you compare them to? Like, are they like as frequent as deer in Canada? Like as deer are here? Or? At least maybe more. They're uh, rats, basically. They're just thick up there. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much all we got to really cover with the northern Wisconsin stuff, right? Yeah. We're gonna well, see if Jake Denari. Jake, there he uh, is. what what are you doing, man? Awesome. So uh, you're you're on. Uh, I was gonna say smoking weed. <laughs> actually, caught him on camera doing that. You're uh, you're on a 1080 Outdoors podcast right now. You want to talk about what you're doing with your uh, current kill? Let's talk about the hunt sure. first. Yeah, yeah. So I, I smacked a doe this morning. Let's um, talk. Hey, go in depth on that. Okay. Well, you know that my sponsor hasn't gotten me a camera, so I don't actually have a camera to take like good video <laughs> or anything like that. You know. And, it's kind of hard to hold an iPhone in your hand and shoot a bull at the same time. So I just had to, you know, Let's like, be clear there. That was a personal attack on me. Like that. Um, and I don't know. It was kind of a slow morning. It, it got to about 730 in the morning, and I was sitting on a little farm field right by the, not too far away from my house that I just don't really have any rules there. I decided I'm going to go and kill whatever came by. And, uh, a year and a half old doe came by and I saw it trotting across the field and it decided to go from 50 yards to turn and walk in about to 15 yards underneath my stand and I shot it quartering two and she ran a little ways my arrow didn't when I walked up to it about a half hour later my arrow looked like it was more guts but it's just because it exited by the back leg and otherwise it just smoked the deer I did dropped like four feet out of where I could actually see it so when it was when its tail was wagging and its belly was getting lower to the ground as it was running, it's because it was tipping over right there. It made it about 10 yards from the edge of the edge of the field wood line, died in the cornfield. So nice. First white tail, first white tail kill of the year, huh? First white tail of this year. Yep. 1080 outdoors. Second, first white tail. Second time out hunting. I saw a, a really nice buck yesterday. You, and you were hunting. What's up? You were hunting yesterday and saw it? Yeah, I went out yesterday morning and saw a nice buck and had let two does and, well, one of them had a fawn, I guess, so three deer passed me. And the doe and fawn decided that they were going to hang around while this buck was coming up the ditch. And I couldn't see how big he was, but it looked like looked like a pretty good one. Like, could have been a shooter, but can't really for sure say. I know it was over 130. <laughs> That's a shooter, Jake. Way, Jake, gonna, that's a shooter. Working its way up, so I was thinking I might be filling my tag, and the doe decided that she wanted to stare at me and then start snorting and run away, and then that came ah. away. So then I decided this morning that I was going after does. <laughs> yeah, you should have decided that after the first blow, like, oh, shit, I better draw and kill. Yeah, she had me, she was kind of staring from, like, 15 yards away in the backside of the tree, so it was kind of out of the... Out of the, out of the realm of possibilities, and I was kind of focusing on him, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're not gonna sit and blame you at all. No, no. I'm no. just, I'm just excited that there's somebody who's, who's a part of 1080 Outdoors who's willing to kill things and actually take care of them, you know. Unlike somebody named Weston, he was too lazy to take care of a doe on a Saturday. He said. So it, so it went bad or what? No, so he didn't shoot. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Because he was too lazy. So I guess yeah. before we get too yeah. far, let's let's give Jake. Why don't you do a little introduction on yourself? 
Um, all right. To our to all our viewers. Yeah, yeah. My name is Jake Denar. I've been hunting with you guys for a while now. So. What What do you do for a day job, Jake? Oh, my day job. I'm a I'm a conservation warden here in Wisconsin. He keeps us on the up and up. So he's we're our not. Fa- he's our fact checker. So we're not doing yeah. anything wrong. Um, I'm fortunate enough to have a have a Thursday as my day off, so nice. works out well. Nice. What else are you fortunate to have, Jake? I'm fortunate to have a Traeger grill. <laughs> <laughs> just you've been ha- like just been hammering that grill right now in smoke mode. I bought it a few days ago, and uh, yeah, everything I've been cooking has been on the Traeger grill. So we're gonna try the deer, the front deer legs on the dough on the on the Traeger while we watch the football game tonight. Oh shit! That's right. There's football tonight, huh? No, no Brewers yep. though. Yeah, but a big Cubs game. Oh. Yeah, big Cubs game. So, uh, yeah, all right. So Jet or uh, J- Jake, we were just so we Jed and I went out last night. Um, you've hunted a lot of farmland in your life. What is your opinion yep. on buck bedding in farm, like farmland crops, cor- standing corn, ditches, the whole nine yards? Yeah, what have you seen the most in your time hunting farmland over the last 20 years? Mm, this time of year, it seems like beans are king for, at least in my opinion, on when I'm when I'm seeing good ones. Otherwise, if you can get set up around apple trees, they seem to be real good too. But that one the other day that I saw um, a couple days ago, was he was actually just working like a deep kind of ditch beating some brush up, rubbing on it, and doing stuff like that. So he was kind of secluded and away from everything else, but that was actually probably about 8 o'clock in the morning. So Yeah, the reason, well, the reason why I say this is last night we assumed that buck came and was bedded on the backside of a cornfield just in probably, I don't know, I would say within probably sure. 50 yards of the field edge. I've kicked deer out of cornfields before, but... Um, yeah, like it seems like a lot of them that I've seen over the years this time of year are bedded right on the right on the edges, but that might be edge of bean field in the corn or, or you know, like edge of bean field in the woods. But, yeah, I can't say I've seen a lot of them come just straight out of the corn, but I'm sure they do. It seems like every few years you kick one or two of them out of it. What I, well, I, f- I don't think I don't think bucks are bedded in the corn. I think they're no. I think they I think they bed right on the edge with their back to it. With the wind sure, coming, sure. In. they're like they're like right on the edge, and then just kind of working, working the field or whatever, right close to dark. Yeah, it's because how, how you have the wind coming through the corn to their back, and then um, they can see out, and then the... they just see out wherever they're at, you know. Yeah, yeah. The perfect barrier. For wherever them. they wherever they got eyes on stuff, it seems like there's a lot of a lot of places that I've kicked them up this time of year when I'm. I'm going in to hang a stand or scout something. It always seems like they're laying on a knob or whatever. Mm-hmm. It it almost seems like like Wisconsin cornfields are Wyoming deer coolers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Those Wyoming deer coolers, old man, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> yep. You know you know what I'm excited to find this weekend, Jake? What's that? Canadian deer coolers. Yeah, that's gonna be pretty awesome. You're gonna be able to bump some stuff up, walking around there, and see where they land. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jed's... I'm also excited to see what you got on camera up there. 
Oh, well, what do you mean what I have? Well, you're going to, you basically set other cameras out there. So, yeah. like, I'm excited to see what you captured on your cameras, as well as let me know what are on my cameras up there. Yeah. It, but I expect you to check them. It's a wee thing, Jake. How many cameras you guys have? Yeah. So, they're talking about, they, they bought the land up in Canada together, and Jed's going up there this weekend to actually try to kill a deer up there. Yeah. How many, you have 80 acres, how many cameras are set up? Um, not enough. No, no, not enough. Five. Five, I think. Four. What's the, what's like the, Four. what's the, like, vegetation, like, breaks in, in Canada? Like, what's the different transition areas? You clear have, like, cut. Swamp. Clear, clear cut, cut, swamp, and timber. dense bush, you know. Dense bush. Mm-hmm. There's there's a few like rock outcrop openings. Yeah, and it seems like the deer like to feed on whatever is growing on those outcrops. Yeah, they're like out. Yeah, like they're, where where it's kind of open and rocky. Meadowy. Or whatever yeah. grass and stuff that's growing in it. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be interesting to see. You. I I'd be interested. I'm always obsessed with how where they bed and stuff. I would you would assume they're bedded close to the swamps, close to water, and then. Probably with whatever thickest covers in their backside. Don't seem like it's ever short of water up in that area. No, anyway. and and it's never and it's never the thickest up there because the thickest is too thick for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. The thickest, nothing's walking through it. Right. What the thickest is old, old. Uh, no, the thickest. No, the thickest would be like the like five year old clear cuts where it's yeah. just a, just an absolute. Like rainforest of yeah, what it's like growth. what it's like in our other property up in yeah, yeah. No. that's wild. It Jake, what's wild. your big plans for this this upcoming season? For this upcoming season, I don't know. See where there's a big buck and try to kill it. <laughs> Do you have? Are you going to try to hunt private, public? Um, I got I got a few different public spots that I'll probably try at different times of the year when I had success there. Um, otherwise, I'll probably mostly be focusing on private. I honestly don't have anything right now on camera that I'm specifically chasing, but we did pick up some sheds um, of two of them that should be really good bucks this year. They just may not even be on that property until closer to winter time or, or rut because I don't think they're like residents there, so to speak, this time of year. I think they're a little ways away, and that's just kind of where they transition to in the winter time. So um, we'll see. It's going to be where I'm going to go and spend time looking for bucks. I think I'm just going to kind of go off of what the trail cameras tell me, um, you know, as the as the fall goes on. How many how many trail cameras are you running right now? Oh, I probably have. Between Dane County and Grant County, if you count those down there, there's more in Grant on those properties. In Dane County here that I'm specifically running, I'd say eight or nine, something like that. But I do have a couple of them that are set really close to each other where one's set on a scrape and the other one's set on a different trail just to see because some of my, my sets that I have close to, close to the tree stands that I hunt I like to get a feel for when they're actually moving and coming past stuff. And even with two trail cameras set up 15 yards apart from each other, 
you still don't get the whole story because I sat out there, what was it, last weekend with Alex and we saw two different bucks that neither one of them would have got caught on either camera. Um, and they were both there eating under the apple tree that we were sitting at, so you don't get the whole story with them. You think they were skipping the camera, like they were like avoiding it? No, that's just it's just the trails and how they're feeding and they're just not cutting in front of it. So, yeah, almost some of those areas, it's like depending on how the, the deer are moving through and, and whatever, there's no good angles to set because they might be eating anywhere around the tree. And there's, it's kind of like the edge of an apple orchard, so the deer kind of mill through there. Mm-hmm. And unless you can get them hitting one particular scrape, I have a water hole by it, so I have one on a water hole, one on a scrape, and you don't get the full story. It, to know when deer are actually coming by, you'd have to have like eight set on that area just to see where they're coming through and what time they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's, it's like intimidating almost when you think about it. Yeah. I used yeah. to get really like freaked out about that kind of stuff. And I've almost gotten to a point now where I like, like I haven't even checked my cameras in two weeks. Yeah. I didn't put yeah, them out. I, I didn't put them out I like until. To go in, I enjoy hunting places blind too. Like that's kind of what I like about the, the public lands and stuff. I don't usually run a lot of cameras out on those. Um, so like they're kind of fun places to go just completely blind and see what comes by. And I, there's something to that, but some of the other areas that I know that, like on my apple tree stand that I, I've killed nice ones on in the past, that one there, I want to know, like, when, if there's any type of pattern, if I can get a pattern there, because you only have so many days that, that you can hunt, and also, like, you don't want to burn that stand out. So I like to kind of focus on a specific time and pattern of a deer that I want to shoot, otherwise... If you get busted in it or blow everything out, it seems like it ruins it, um, which I've done in the past. So it's more more information is better than than not there. Yeah, I, I I've almost gotten to a point where I think it's unless you're running the, which some of those camera systems are kind of interesting to think about the remote ones, but unless you I, I think it's almost more information for your next year than really yeah. like because I mean you're usually even a day late on a hot scrape is you're you could be fucked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like that information that you gather through the through the time, like, of years is is probably more valuable than anything else. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Have you ever, have you ever like, one, have you ever found, like, a like a classic buck bed and hung a camera and it'll just let it sit all year? Um, not necessarily bed, but, like, our water hole that's down in, in Grant County, that one has a time frame of, like, the 11th of October till right around the 24th, you can sit there and you're going to see a nice buck. If you sit all day, they're coming to that water hole pretty consistently during that time period. If you took a few days off, you're going to have a good one come in somewhere around 9 to 2 in the middle of the, you know, middle of the day. It's kind of on an acorn flat, so to speak, and they're, they're hitting that water hole up. Just know that there's a time period there that you can get them, but once it hits rut, sporadic and random. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we kind of just talked about that too. Our best days last year were like between the twenty seventh and Halloween, and then and first through the eleventh was almost garbage. Yeah, you're you're a big end of October versus first week of November guy too, aren't you, Jake? Or no? Yep, love love October way more than November. At least 
Eastern Wisconsin anyway. I've hunted Illinois in November. It was pretty, pretty awesome down there. Um, otherwise, I've just never had that that great of luck. I have gotten some really nice ones on like the sixth and eighth, but I, I it might be just the lands that I'm hunting on. It seems like I'm seeing more small bucks during that beginning. Yeah. November time versus seeing big ones. And then once it hits closer towards gun season, the middle of November, that seems like you're seeing big ones on their feet again. Well, I've done three solid years now of rut hunting or I've hunted consistently. And I'd say the first through the ninth has been bad. It's the, yeah. it's been, for I, me, I really it's like been that 10th and 11th like has been awesome. But it's, it's hard to say every year is not equal, you know, right. Like, right. There's times there, there's times where you see, and, and every property is not equal. Like it just depends on how many oh, does yeah. you have when they're coming in and when what's all going on there. Well, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that there's just too many does. Yeah. Far too many. I think though, yeah. I do think your mature does that, that are living in the same area year after year, have the same fawns year after year are the ones where you can kind of pay. I, I've been trying to do that now where I'm like, well, last year in the sugar camp, this doe came into heat at like between the 8th and the 11th. And it was kind of this, and like this year again, the camera there, all like all day, all twenty four hours of the day for three days, big bucks were on a camera. And the only reason why I wasn't hunting there is because I shot that one and we were searching for it. But those next two or three days between the tenth and like the twelfth, deer were all over in the sugar camp. It was the same thing last year, but it's the same doe living in there most likely, or or, or the does off breed, you know, offspring. Yeah. But. That's, I don't know, that's kind of interesting. Obviously, a doe last year in my area popped, like, a 26 because was, <laughs> because there was a fucking, my biggest buck chasing it through the field at 50 yards away from the road I, when, I got out, <laughs> when I got out of the woods at 11 a.m. Yeah. But what's your, have, um, do you track your trail camera pictures? Do you have, like, I have, like, a spreadsheet that I made, like, started last year. That I, I dated back to, and I uh, tracked every mature buck picture I ever had and sighting. When I, yeah, I probably should, I should probably get more technical with that. I just kind of got it all upstairs, go off <laughs> of what I have, and scan through them, and then delete the pictures. So the problem is, what you have upstairs. <laughs> There's is, certain ones I hold on to that I like, but otherwise, I yeah. I the problem is, what you have upstairs is gray that. hair too, so you could be forgetting that stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, but I would definitely trade gray hair for what I got going on upstairs. Balding? I'm getting thin, man. I'm getting thin. Jake, are you thin? Are you getting thin? Oh, a little bit, but it hasn't changed too much over the time, over the last little while. Dude, I'm noticing every haircut is getting worse. Every single yeah. haircut. It's depressing. I ain't even 30 yet, man. I started noticing you your... using that deer yeah. soul, Well, I guess man. I, I cut your hair, hair fall I cut your hair for a little bit. That's yeah, why. I... Well. What's your so okay, Jake? What's your big? What's your believer on scent control? I saw you had an Ozonics in the tree today with you. Yeah. Um. With I, I really like the Ozonics. It seems like over over the years it's been really good to me. Um. You know, it obviously has that noise factor that goes on. So I like to kind of crush my clothing 
and try to get those as scent-free as possible. Um, I usually take a non-scent shower before I go out, throw that stuff on, and then when I go out, I usually spray, like, early time of year, like, to spray some nose jammer over a little bit over everything, kind of, right before I leave the vehicle. And then uh, with with the Ozonics, anyway, I, I don't necessarily keep it on the whole time. I probably should, but I like to hear kind of what's going on out there. So when I get to, like, good deer movement time, I usually usually end up, turning it off so that way I can hear what's going on. So I, what what version do you have? The 200 or something? Yeah, it's the 200. It's the, the, the older version, but I've had it for, I think, three years now. Maybe a little bit more than that. Jed, what's your belief on it? Play the wind. My belief is, I would say the only thing... I know you say you take, you take a shower and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing is ozone might have a shot at working. You I think other than that, you're you're wasting your time. Yeah, I think the yeah, host, I, think, I think the shower. I think, I think it knocks it down. You're not gonna not get busted, but I think in my experience, you don't have those deer snorting and blowing at you at 80 yards away or 100 yards away when you have the ozonics blowing on top of you. It, it just brings them a little closer. Right. <laughs> Seems I, like to me. I'll give I'll give the fact that possibly ozone ozone anything just because it, you're kind of ignorant if you say that there's no chance that it works because look at the scientific proof and like the actual usage that like people in like the working society use it for like dentists use it to cover up the smell of dead skin. Like so that I mean that use them all the time for knocking down scent from cooking right and like so that's that's something that would be like legit for me to but if you're gonna sit here and tell me a deer has the same nose as a drug dog i was seeing what drug dogs can do i've seen you ever, mm-hmm. you ever seen like those videos the drug dogs in like the big cities and they put a like I don't know, they put like a drug in a box and they hide it like two blocks away and the the fucking dog goes right to it if deer have anything close to that nose there's no chance in fuck washing your clothes or taking a shower is going to change the fact that you're getting busted. No, no. I think I think you can and will get busted at any given time no matter what you what you do. All you can do is knock down that scent that may right. carry further um, and make and give yourself a better opportunity for them to make a mistake. I think a deer standing downwind of you looking at you trying to smell you, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think ozone ozone's the only chance you got. But um, all, as far as all the scent sprays, I, I've never. I don't think any of them are worth your time. I'd say nose jammer is good for. I believe in nose jammer for covering your walk in, because I think it's so strong that it covers your boot smell, your ground scent. Sure. I I've usually usually like as far as sprays. Um, I think any of them are pretty pretty decent on getting scent out. One of my testers that I had was. And I can't say that any of the other ones on the market wouldn't do this, but on the E3 dead downwind stuff, I remember years ago when I was weighing hogs at a at a hog farm, I wore a hat, and you couldn't even put that hat on your head without it reeking after it sat for weeks in my garage. And I was like, well, I'm either going to have to burn it or maybe I'll try this, and I sprayed it down with that E3 stuff, and it took the scent out of it. There wasn't mm. any. It didn't smell like hog barn anymore. So... Yeah. There's got to be something that takes it out of there. Maybe, you know, 
can't say that it takes everything away, but it's got to take some sense out, you know? I mean, I hope that these guys are selling stuff that actually has some scientific stuff in it that pulls scent away. But yeah, yeah, I can't uh, say any of the other ones on the market wouldn't do the exact same thing, you know. But that was my experience where I always felt like I was spraying water on myself until then, and I was like, "Oh, this does take scent out of stuff that I can smell anyway." <laughs> you know, I can't say a dog or a deer wouldn't smell it on my hat, but for a human nose, it sure knocked it down good made it right. so the hat wasn't thrown in the garbage anyway. Yeah, and it, I I think when you start getting into those like four, five, six days in a row sits and you get up in the morning at four o'clock and like I did the whole shower thing every day and wash your clothes like but I also know like once you got into those multiple days in a row in November, like you quit doing that. So it's like I'm either I, I just I'm into the belief where it's like you play the wind and I do think ozone works. I think it's expensive, so it's hard for it's hard for you to tell people that do that. So what I would just oh, tell yeah. people is just the wind is your the wind also, is your wind control. It's also beneficial with a, with a couple people. Like if you're going out there with two people and you're able to hang it high enough in the tree that it can catch a little bit more, you're better in your odds of getting something in too. Even if that scent cone is knocked in half, you know, two people have a lot more scent coming off mm-hmm. of them and a lot different scent. So. Are you checking your scent with anything? What's that? Do you check your scent with anything? Uh, like the wind, like the wind currents and like, like the thermals. Like uh, you? Well, I got got busted by a big mule deer because of thermals out west, so apparently <laughs> not. Um, well, like I'm saying, like I bring I've I well like last year I started bringing uh, milkweed, and sure. it's, it's pretty awesome how it just because it. The little squirt bottles show you what you're doing right there, and it's cool. It's like super cool because, like, first of all, last year bringing it for the first time, the hour like a day long sits. All I did was sit there and throw milkweed out my stand and th- look at the different little currents that come off in different times of the day. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so. Um, yeah, and and, you, and knowing what your wind does at different angles too. I mean, that stuff changes changes with the wind. You know, like if if it's dropping and doing weird stuff in a bottom with one wind it's going to do it opposite of that the other way or who knows you know yeah i found a i found a really good spot with a strong wind last year where i because we you know we had a couple of those like 25 mile hour wind days in like the second week of november or something I had a spot where if you go down a quarter way of the hill the wind coming straight over the top of the hill that you'd get a direct wind in your face a quarter way down the hill it would become and it's coming over your back uh 15 feet above you yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I, that's... I, I believe it, though. I mean, there's there's one, like, one valley that I hunt that I have hunted that place for probably 12 to 14 years, something like that, and I have moved tree stands in that thing probably 10 different times over that, and I finally have one spot that you can actually sit and not get busted by deer. Um, otherwise, it, it just seemed like no matter which way the wind blew, you're going to blow something up down there. So, and, and now it just, I don't know if the currents are just good where that particular spot is or, or what it is, but it was the, the hill I didn't want to sit on or didn't think I should sit on, but when I sit there, I see deer now. And any of the other times I saw deer, but they always, they always busted me. It's crazy how much of a difference that stuff can make. What was the thermal situation in Wyoming with your mule deer? Oh, there's a mule deer 
couple different times. Um, with Judd was out there, and he sat on one spot. We knew he was going to come up one side or the other. Was, I wouldn't call it a mountain, just a big hill. And uh, I was able to see him in the morning right after sunrise and got over on it, and he was coming up to a fence that he had to cross, um, just like a line fence. And he was looking for, you could tell he was looking for a spot to cross. And if he did, I was sitting up in the rocks. He was like 120 yards away from me when I ranged him down there. And then he had to cross that fence. And if he would have come in the same way he was, he would have came by at about 40 was my, what I had figured. Well, while he was looking for a spot to cross that fence, I was hunkered in next to a rock. There's no chance he would see me or, or anything from what I had as an angle. And he was looking into the sun and just, for whatever reason he must have caught my scent enough and uh you could see the look in his eyes as they got kind of big and then he bounced away up the up the hill on the other side and went further than a lot of them that we bump when they know that it's a person and they see just because just because of his nose so i uh kind of thought the thermals would be doing something different but at that point in the day it's actually getting colder than it is getting warmer so yeah, it, it actually, like, it surprises a guy how long it takes for the thermals to switch in the morning. Like, like you think, you know, oh, it's morning, it's warming up, the thermal should be rising. But, I mean, it's probably, like, 9, 10 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah, it's by an hour or so after after sunrise before it's actually switching. Cause oh, I feel, I feel like it's way more than an hour. You think, it's, you think it takes, yeah. like, the trees to get warmed up and shit for it actually to get There's really... no trees out there. I guess I'm, like the surrounding, the surrounding. Yeah. So I'm not even talking about like here when we when you bow hunt. Yeah. It like takes a surrounding area, like the whether it's a ground or whatever, to warm up for the thermals actually to start rising. Yeah, it was. He de- there's no question, no question at all that he smelled me and never snorted or anything. Just definitely wasn't coming any closer. And what do you do? Live and learn. I. I couldn't have done like the hardest part of all that one is i was thinking there's nothing else i could have done because you had to show your hand and cross a valley which he was going to see you if you did that because it's all flat and no structure to anything so I, not not, not to mention a different property no yeah like yeah you can't cross that line <laughs> you had to come over right on that side for for where he was at in particular like you're cut off to half that hill range or three quarters of it so you had to had to cross in order to come in and you know when you're talking about that that scent control game that's at the tail end of our hunt we're not doing any type of laundry crawling around sweating in the same clothes every day you know you know you stunk like yeah we could smell each other (laughs) we could smell each other yeah and that's uh it's not the same as being able to like wash your stuff, hang it outside, put it in a crusher bag, take a shower, go out with as little scent as possible, not get sweated up and, and try to hunt him. Like then I feel like you probably would have had a chance at, at having him cross that and not smelling me until he got to 30, 40 yards versus smelling like an onion that time later <laughs> in the week and, you know, not, not having the stuff taken care of like it should have been. So live, live and you learn, take extra clothes, I guess. Smelling exactly like an onion. <laughs> well, Jake, we have to thank you for taking the phone call without any notice. Yeah, you betcha. All right, guys, have a good one. All right, hey, uh, let us let us know how the front shoulders on the Traeger grill turn out. Yeah, 
yeah, definitely, definitely will. I'm thinking they're going to smoke here for about another three hours before, <laughs> before I even attempt to do anything else with them. So. All right, all right. So you just rubbed uh, dry mustard on them, right? I use, I use like, yellow mustard. Oh, okay. Some pe- yeah, yellow mustard. I put a glaze on it with that to kind of hold the moisture in. Then I put paprika and then some sweet, uh, some, like, basically sweet, dry barbecue rub. And kind of mix it all in on everything. Mm-hmm. So we'll mm-hmm. see see how it turns out. It smells good right now and looks good. So. All right. Well, I got to apologize because I, I know of a pretty good uh, dry rub recipe, and I, I haven't hooked you up yet. So I haven't hooked me up yet. I'm you sure know, it would have been better. It would have been on there. You know it would have mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. It's a secret, too. Yeah. yeah I, I already tried that. He said, no, he'll make it for me, but he isn't going to tell me what it is. So <laughs> I guess I'll just have to get a few, like, a few pretty good-sized bags of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Maybe I'll dump all that pretzel container and you can fill that up. <laughs> no, you got to eat them pretzels. And if, if you don't eat them, we're going to take them out west again. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, all right. I'm working on it. All right. All right. Later. Later. See you, buddy. Nice call, everybody. Jake Denar. Coming in hot. Yeah, and totally off the cuff. Never knew nothing about it till till he was on air, you know. That's why he's a better brother than Jared. Way better. Jared's a bad guy. I asked Jared if he'd take a call, and he refused. Um, <clears throat> so, Jed, is there anything else in the whitetail world we want to talk about? I think we should talk about the... Let's talk about the next week. Of weather? Up on weather. I'm telling you, there's two days that... So, here's what we do when we look at weather. We look at... Number one, obviously, temperature, wind, barometric pressure, barometric pressure, and precipitation. What's your feeling on precipitation when it correlates with deer movement? Uh, light, light precipitation is no big deal. Heavy, heavy precipitation, mm-hmm. I feel like, shuts them down. Maybe that's just because I shut down with it. But yeah, there's not I've, much we can really do with heavy precipitation these days when we're carrying cameras around. No. And um, I have seen, I have seen trail camera pictures during rainstorms of deer, mm-hmm. more more so during snowstorms, um, but never during the day. Like I've never seen daylight snow or rainstorm trail cam pictures. Right. I'd say the best trail cam pictures I usually get um, is on the front side of a front while the pressure's rising um, and the temperature's dropping. So this week we have... Saturday night, man. Look at it. I think Friday night's the game. Mm, Saturday morning, yeah. So Saturday morning... Is going to be a low. We're talking about the southwest from Wisconsin here too. Saturday morning is a low of 34. I saw 32 somewhere too, but um, and the pressure is going to tip off at 30.36, which is super high for September. Oh, it's super high anytime. Right. Well, in the winter time, it's that'd be like it's up to like 30.6 and stuff. But yeah, 30.36 is super high. Temperatures down to thirty two, which should could be our first frost. Mm-hmm. Uh what's a what's a wind mile an hour that night? 
too. Non-existent. Yeah. So if say you're getting the, if you're getting in the stand, well, actually, ten mile an hour wind at four five five p.m. Friday night, west northwest. So that. And the pressure and has, lays down. The pressure has a real plateau there until the wind starts dying down, then she really starts and to spike. Jumps. Yeah. And the About seven. Will probably drop. Ugh. Yeah. They're gonna be moving like crazy that night. Especially what's, what's if the moon. What's especially the moon? if it's not gonna be cloudy. Yeah. Which there's a fifteen percent chance of rain, but uh ninety four percent of the moon is illuminated. Ugh. They're not gonna move until late. I haven't done enough study on the moon though to really have an opinion on that. Um, and then the other oh, okay, so you have so here's another thing I've I've read or I have I can't say I've really took it out and tested. So when you have a consistent north 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 wind, which you'd have. Thursday, Friday of North Wind, which I don't know what, what today is, but um, the pressure peaks and the wind switches to the south. So Saturday afternoon could be really good too because you have a wind switch middle of the day, looks like. So 8 a.m. when they're going to bed, it'd be north, northwest, north, north, northeast. It's supposed to switch at like 10 a.m. Then it's supposed to be dead south in the afternoon. So, according to experts, your first south after a north is supposed to be the best sit. Um, but that'd be interesting to test. I've never, have you, I've never really tested that, or I've never really went in when the wind switches like that mid morning, because you'd think that they're gonna move at some point. Well, switch beds if nothing else. Well, right, yeah, they're gonna like because they're gonna bed somewhere. With a north advantage wind in the morning. And at 10 a.m. when it comes straight. Because if you go to bed at 5 a.m. It's north, northwest. Then it's going to be a south. Dead dead south to southeast. So that's a 180 switch. Hmm. But yeah, so this week going to be really good. And then it looks like. Must be rain Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Which we've had enough of that. And then Thursday. Thursday looks to be another good day. Pressure pushing up again. Maybe Wednesday afternoon after the rain. With that rising pressure with the wind dropping down. But. Any further opinion on the weather, Jed? Nope. I sure do love it. I sure do love the weather. And hate it. But, yeah, so we'll probably cap her off with that this week. Gotta get out there hunting. So right now our, our podcasts are on Spotify and Stitcher. Still working on iTunes. And hopefully by the time you listen to this, it'll be on iTunes. But for now, that'll be all Jed's going up to Canada this weekend to hunt some white-tailed deer in the north woods and I unfortunately will not be able to hunt this weekend 
because of issues that are inside of me that I can't control. So, what what's that even mean? Well, I'm a drinking problem. Oh, <laughs> it's Oktoberfest and lacrosse, rather big celebration. I have a lot of people coming into town, so I'm hoping this next week I get a couple of days where I can get out there, like maybe Wednesday night and a Thursday. But then we have two. I have two wedding weekends in a row in October, which is supposed to. People that are scheduling these weddings in October. And, oh, we shouldn't even ask Jake that. Oh, Jake has a fucking wedding schedule next year for, in November. Random, okay, random thought for this week. Wedding scheduling in the fall. Jed, your opinion on that. Can't do it. 100% can't do it. Okay, here's, here's how I see it. If you m- get married in September, you just ruined everything. Every chance you ever have of doing an out west, like, cool hunt. Elk rut, mule deer, antelope, anything like that. Like, if you're if you're going to chase something with your bow, you just ruined your shot at going out west. Like, at least through what I've seen of people's anniversaries, like... It's like a big deal. Yeah, it's apparently a pretty big deal. Um, in all honesty, I think if I were to ever do it... Um, I would push for either, um, no, not either, just Christmas. I would push for Christmas. Because hmm. that day's already shot. Like, everybody does that. So why not? Just... I was thinking possibly the fourth weekend. Fourth of July? Hmm. Just because no matter what, you're probably gonna be celebrating the fourth somewhere. So yeah, I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. That's that's fine. That's fine. That's going on the same, same train of thought. It's just different. I know, just feel like different, July, different is, July is like pattern. out of my way of, like August. I don't want to like I like getting shit ready for mm-hmm. September. Mm-hmm. Hopefully September you're traveling. October, November you're fucking busy. Um, yeah, you you usually don't breathe really during those months. But my biggest question, it's like, what? Jake is a hunter. He hunts. He just spoke to him for a half hour about hunting, and this motherfucker wants a wedding on November 20th? I think that's what day it is. I mean, if that's a Saturday next year, that's that's the date. <clears throat> and that's supposed to be the weekend before gun opener? Yeah, so like the... I bet it's like the 16th. Or 16th. Because the gun opener... <clears throat> I'm sure gun season next year is the 23rd through the 1st. Damn late one, then. Yeah. Yeah, as late as it can be. Dipping into December, that's good. Yeah. Um, the later, the better, by by the way, at gun season. I just... Unpopular decision here. I think we should do away with it. Gun season? Yeah, hate it. <laughs> um, I'd like it to go all shotgun. First week of December. I'd like it to, like, if we could trade in our nine-day gun season for a month-long muzzleloader season, I'd be in favor of that. No no centerfire rifle, no shotgun. There's a few things on this world that aren't worth even talking about or contemplating, and Wisconsin gun season dates are one of them. Yeah, 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 that'll never change. They will never change. Literally, I didn't know other states had different dates growing up. Yeah. Like, oh, people don't, people, oh, you aren't gun hunting on Thanksgiving? <laughs> like, what are you guys doing? 
Yep. Think about the people that grew up in like Minnesota, I, all those other states that like when they were kids before they even started bow hunting, like what were their families doing? They just like woke up like a normal day and shit. For for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know because like it wasn't... every every year Thanksgiving with every family is a fight. Every family that I know, it's a fight unless both like spouses are hunters because every everybody in our hunting party is late every time without a fail and the wife is pissed off. Well, what, what, okay. My mom's actually pretty good about that. She She's still for some reason ass, which is shocking to me. <laughs> what you guys are doing? Or like, can we do it at three? No. Jesus Christ. It gets dark at five. Can you fucking wait two hours? Yeah, see, that's that's the deal. Like, good for her for, like, waiting because I know multiple women who will not. It's just like, no, we are having, we are having, so, we are having lunch at two o'clock. You will be here. <laughs> okay. Well, that's absurd. Yeah, don't get it. I, I, that, that will never happen in my life. Like, I guess it's just, it's, that's the one thing about gun season. It's, it's a pretty iconic opening weekend's a pretty iconic time. Like, does it get any much better? Like the people you get together with every year. And I know some people, like some hunting parties are even crazy. Like, like it's their whole goddamn life. You know, like ours is, you know, a little more laid back, but man, I mean, I agree. If we just solely thought about hunting and creating a bigger buck state. No, I'm not even interested in that. Well, what, what is your, what's your hate about it? I just hate it. Cause like, Everybody who doesn't hunt hunts opening weekend and thinks they're a hunter. Yeah. And but, then they want to talk to me about it. And then I get furious. I understand that. But you also have to think of it this way. Because why I see people that wanna that wanna like don't say what you just said. Without those people buying tags, spending money yeah, in the system, I, we lose I public know, land. I know. We lose hunting rights. I don't give. That's why it's the whole argument with crossbow and bow. Who gives a fuck? If the guy's going to go out there and hunt 20 more days or 10, five more days of the year with a crossbow instead of a gun, good. That's more money getting pushed into the system. I would spend, I would buy a take for a hundred bucks in state. I have no, that's one thing I have zero problem. Like the $500 Iowa Odyssey take gets a little aggressive. What was the mule deer take in Wyoming? Uh, what? Like four, turkey four time, four time. No, oh, it's pretty expensive then. Yeah, it as far as mule deer tags, it's par. <clears throat> it's right there because yeah. it because it was three. It's three seventy five or something like that for the tag, and then it, they gave you an option to roll your um, your uh, conservation stamp right in there and pay for that at the same time, which is another forty bucks or whatever. Yeah. So. I mean, that's just one thing I, I try to complain about is tag prices because without them, you lose public hunting, you lose... Research. The re- yeah. Everything, Think yeah. Think awesome things are getting now where you have these maps where you can see exactly where you can go, the public or the land owners, everything. It's... The more hunters, the better. Unfortunately, there's negatives that come with that. There is a lot of people, especially in Wisconsin, that hunt that shoot randomly into the air i'm sure wound deer i'm sure there's people out there that don't even have bought like that didn't buy license that are out there hunting and stuff but that's one thing in wisconsin i have to worry about i mean think about how much money they bring in each year on gun gun tags 
my God, enough to pay for all the public land in the world. So, <clears throat> but, I mean, we're all coming back. The whole, the whole thing was all started with the wedding idea. <clears throat> Don't get your goddamn wedding in July, okay? Or Christmas, which I even... I second guess Christmas, but I'm not a big fisher, so fisherman, so like I don't care about the summer that much. But like Christmas seems even like I could might be hunting somewhere. It's like you got a big buck, you got a week left to get it in Wisconsin, and most places. Yeah. But yeah, I know, but you start you start getting past that. I mean, I don't know. Well, honestly, when... you want to get into it first week of March. Yeah, there's turkey seasons open then. First week in February, but that's wrestling season. Right. See, Jed, okay, so Jed and I are, like, <clears throat> our whole life was, wrestling season was a hunting season, pretty much. You went from deer season into wrestling season to turkey season. That's why I still say summer is the only time. July 4th weekend. Really, July is one of those months where I know I won't be hunting anywhere. Yeah. You can't do June, though. No, June, first week, bear hunting for sure. Right. <clears throat> and June's just kind of like a fucking cool month. Summer's still starting. Like, summer's still like a cool idea then. You're, I think you're just saying that because that's when your birthday is, ain't it? Birthday's in June. June 14th. Big birthday guy. You and I have totally different opinions on that. I'm a big birthday guy. You have one day to celebrate your life out of the year. You get free shit on your birthday, dude. You get stuff on your birthday. And I no one else is getting that stuff. Your parents don't get you anything? Mm-mm. You've probably caused that over the years. Yeah, you're damn right I have. I said, don't even remind me. Turn 21, I'm like, hey, thanks, cool, last birthday I ever need. I mean, my my also my opinion on that is, if you don't celebrate, it turns into a depressing situation. Like, I'm not gonna celebrate my birthday. Then I'm then I'm sitting there like, fuck, I'm thirty now. Fuck, now I'm forty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's be clear, I'm only twenty five. Jed's an old man. <clears throat> twenty seven. No, I'm rocking twenty eight this 28? year, man. Twenty eight. How's it feeling? I mean. Not bad, not good. My knees hurt sometimes. Threw my back out picking up a empty cardboard box earlier this summer. That was pretty cool. <laughs> so, what'd you get out of today's episode? Don't get married in the fall. Um, I think we talked about a lot of scent stuff and whitetail stuff, and yeah. So we'll wrap her up for this week. You, you haven't let me give my random thought for the day. All right, go ahead. My random thought for the day is if you hear polka music for the first time in months and don't get a smile on your face, there's something wrong with you. When did you hear it? Today at work. Oh, I, yeah. Because I'm working right by the Oktoberfest <laughs> grounds. And all of a sudden I heard some polka music and I just kind of grinned. I'm like, God, if you don't like that, like there's something wrong with you. But then I thought to myself, too, I'm like, oof, but I bet you in two hours I'll be sick of this. And I was. Are you Norwegian? No. Get fucked. You're German. German and Italian, yeah. That's actually my... That is my background, too, I think. 
your heritage. Boy, I wonder why we don't look more similar then. Because <laughs> boy, don't we? Huh? <laughs> Come on. Brown-eyed, bushy-tail. But yeah, so, oh, that's interesting. I don't know how I feel about poker music. I don't really have an opinion. Maybe when I hear it this weekend, I'll think about it. You'll grin. You'll grin, and then two hours later. I think about Westby instantly. What? With polka music? For some reason, yeah. That's stupid. They used to have a polka Norwe- band. Norwegians don't polka. I know. Well, that's a German thing. Oktoberfest. Yeah. Oktoberfest is our German heritage coming up. Mm-hmm. That's also why I can't hunt this weekend because I owe it to my heritage. Grandma, Grandpa, to celebrate my German heritage by drinking too much beer. Probably some liquor. Oh, God, it's going to be bad. I hope it's all Jägermeister. I will not do that. Yeah, German, man. Honor your grandparents. All right, I'll have maybe a couple shots of that. That's stupid, by the way. Probably leaning more towards Fireball, though. Right now, after this podcast, Jory and I are going to go get, I'm going to get a couple 30s of Old Milwaukee Red, a couple bottles of Taka Vodka, and we're calling it a weekend. Nice. Also, I, I shaved my face. <laughs> what would you describe this facial hair? Um, as? A thin mustache and <laughs> into some thick, like... Like there's nothing on the chin, nothing mm-hmm. right on the butt chin. Well, it's a it's a um, Fu Manchu type look, right? Alter. But with bell bottoms, Fu Manchu with bell bottoms. I would say. If you think about your mustache as your legs, I got giant shoes on the bottom. <laughs> yes. Boots on, <laughs> and the motherfucker is pointing his toes out. Yeah, and those. they're and they're platform shoes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I kept... I, kept I was the, I was going to say it's like there's two... Like, on each side of your chin, you have a curling rock. <laughs> and, like, the handles touch at the right below your nose. Like, right at your septum, I think they call that. Oh, man. I have a friend girl who's going to be... All the girls are going to hate this. Just hate it. They hate it. I put it... I openly put it on Snapchat today. And I, just, I got, like, hate mail. People were attacking me. Like, get that off your face. Get off my fucking phone. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I think about females' thoughts on facial hair. I don't know if I dip into that. I might get in a bad place. No, not really. It's just I, th- I think guys should do what they want with their facial hair. It's theirs. I agree. And if you want to wear curling rocks on the side of your chin, wear curling rocks on the side of your chin, you know? And I also have a man bun. Yeah, I'm not liking that at all. There's there's two really confusing like old man facial hair and then like hippie fucking top hair. But that's what I do to people. I really confuse them. So Alright man, well you have good luck in Canada. God, how awesome would it be if you killed a freaking deer on camera in Canada? No, that's what's gonna happen, I hope. Oh, look at Weston Larson hitting me up with a Takavaka picture. Must be in looks like festival. Oh, for God's sake. Ten forty nine. That's an expensive price. All right, guys. Thanks for listening again. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and give us five stars in this podcast. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs>